All right, welcome everyone. It's great to be with the OC region. Super excited to be with you today for our online service. Uh, last week, Ben Barnett did an amazing lesson entitled Renewed Love. And this week, my wife and I are going to do a lesson together entitled Renewed Holiness. So honey, if you could go ahead and pray for us, that'd be great. Let's thank get started. You. Okay, let's pray. God, thank you so much for uh, this amazing day that we get to worship you, that we get to hear your words. Um, that we need, we get a chance to learn and grow through your spirit. We are so grateful to be able to have a relationship with you, um, to be able to uh, partner with one another on this journey as we strive to be with you one day. I pray that our hearts will be softened and moved by your words, that uh, we will be sobered but yet full of joy, um, that we get to be more like your son, Jesus. We love you and pray all these things in your son, Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We'll turn your Bibles to Exodus chapter 19. And just to give a little bit of the context of what's going on, uh, basically God has rescued his people out of Egypt. They have now gone to Mount Sinai and uh, God is trying to give them a vision of the kind of relationship that mm -hmm. he wants with them. And so in Exodus chapter 19, verse 5 and 6, the Bible says, Now if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations you will be my treasured possession. Man, they had to feel special right there. And then he said, although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Wow. I mean, how must they have felt after they heard this? They were going to be a treasured possession. They were going to be a kingdom of priests. They were going to be a holy nation. And so when you think about this concept of being a kingdom of priests. I mean, this is what God had envisioned for Abraham when he called him out of the earth of the Chaldeans so that he could, you know, have this covenant relationship. And mm -hmm. so now here he's saying the same thing in Exodus and he's trying to communicate, hey, look, I want this covenant relationship with you. I want you to know that I have chosen you for this mission in life. And so, you know, it says that they would be a kingdom of priests. Now, what is the role of a priest? What is the role of a priest? Well, historically, the role of a priest is to build a bridge between man and God so that man can have a relationship with God. It's to be that person who would get in there and mediate and really help renew this relationship between God and men. And so it was something that was a high calling. And it wouldn't just be one priest. It would be a kingdom of priests. And that was God's vision for his people. And so in a sense, God is saying, look, this is my role for you. This is what I want you to do in my bigger story. I want you to be a kingdom of priests. I want you to be a royal priesthood. But how would they do this? I mean, how would they reconcile people to God? What would be the plan? How would that actually take place? And so, you know, he says in verse 6, that God will call them to be a holy nation, that they will be a holy nation. And what does it mean to be holy? Well, I think we know that to be holy means to be set apart, to be set apart mm -hmm. from the other nations, to be set apart as holy for God. And so this was a big vision and a, and a big responsibility for them, but it was something that God believed that they could do. And so 
basically Israel was meant to faithfully represent Yahweh to the mm-hmm. rest of the nations so that mm-hmm. they would show the rest of the nations what it looked like to be a person who served the one and only God. And so Israel was chosen for this divine mission, that they were given the responsibility of this divine mission, and they were called to display Yahweh so that the people from all nations would come to worship God. And this is why Peter, when he writes to the Jesus followers mm-hmm. of all different types mm-hmm. in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 and 10, he's writing to this mixed group of Jesus followers, and he applies this same language mm-hmm. of the chosen nation to them. And so he says in 1 Peter 2, verse 9, that you are a chosen people, that you are a royal priesthood, you are a holy nation, you are God's special possession. And so now Peter is reminding them of what they already had read about in Exodus. And so they were able to make that connection and go, wow, this is, this is for us too, like it was for them. And so it was pretty exciting. And then Peter says, hey, if you've been chosen to receive mercy, if you've been chosen you know, for this special role of being a royal priesthood, then here's your mission, verse 10. You've got to declare the praises of him who called right. you out of darkness into his wonderful light. And so our God-given mission is to declare the praises of God who called us out of darkness and into his wonderful light. And, and if you're like me, you, you look back at the time of your baptism and you look back and you go, man, God pulled me out of darkness and he brought me into his wonderful light. He brought me into the church, into his kingdom where mm-hmm. I would be then living under the reign and rule of Christ. And so... You know, we skip down here and, um, you know, we have this responsibility of, of being this priesthood, right? And, and so we, you've got to be called out of darkness. So as, as a Christian, we can't act one way on Sunday, although I guess nowadays Sunday isn't the same as it used to be. But we can't act one way, you know. <laughs> when we're around other people who are people of God and then a completely different way. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we can't represent God in a holy way because we're not truly being set apart. We can't really be that royal priesthood that he wants us to be because we're not being you know, completely transparent about what's really going on in our life. And so in verse 11 and 12, you know, he says, he, he kind of tells us how we can be set apart and how we can renew our holiness. And if you're trying to figure out, hey, look, I, I want to be renewed in my holiness. I want to be what God wants me to be in 2021. Verse 11 and 12 says, Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans mm-hmm. that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. And so really, what is the heart behind this teaching? What is God's heart behind calling us into Mm -hmm. these responsibilities, into these roles? You know, he wants to give us this responsibility. He wants to entrust to us this opportunity to be a royal priesthood. And he wants us to be this so that other people can see who he is. And that's Mm -hmm. the real heart behind that. But then we also have a responsibility to represent God's holiness Mm -hmm. by being set apart in how we conduct ourselves, how Mm -hmm. we choose to live our lives. Because 
what we do in our lives is a light to a dark world. And God is counting on us to be holy. He's counting on us to be set apart as we live this life as a Christian. Yeah, you know, it's, um, it's probably really hard to truly think of yourself as a priest. You know, but according to the New Testament teachings and according to what it talks about there in Peter is that is exactly what we are. You know, the priests then were not only people that were supposed to mediate between man and God and connect men with God. They were also to show the people how to live. They were they were there to show that community what it meant to worship and to follow God. Sometimes the priests, they stayed and lived at the temple or they had a little house near the temple so the people could go there and see their worship of God. It was one of also the reasons that Jesus came to earth. He knew that he couldn't just reconcile us to God. He had to show us what it looked like to live and walk in Christ. And so when we joined the priesthood, that is the same thing that we're doing. We're not only telling people and studying the Bible with them to show them what it says in the scriptures, we're also living it out. And when we make this commitment um, to be a part of of this priesthood, we're also making the commitment to no longer live under the reign and rule of our own selves. But we're making the commitment to live under the reign and the rule of the Lord. You know, so in that, we are called to strive, to strive to be set apart in all areas of our lives for Christ. You know, first it starts in our own personal righteousness, in our own homes, in, the, in, in our secret parts of our hearts and our minds with, with our marriages and our families. But then it also, um, it, it's, it's also for those of, of outsiders, you know, and, and we, want, we want to represent God well to outsiders, people who are looking to see Christ in us. So today, we thought it would be really fitting to talk about that part of our lives, to talk about the part of our lives that we want to show people um, in how we respond to life and the world today. So we're going to mainly be talking about how we how we respond. How should we respond to things in our world? How should we respond to things in our lives? And every single day we are called to respond in some way, right? You know, mm-hmm. probably from the from the time we wake up in the morning to the time we go to bed, we are being called to respond to all sorts of things, whether it's our kids, whether it's our roommates, whether it's our husbands, our bosses at work, or whether it's to uh, the internet, you know, uh, Instagram, Facebook, uh, the news, all types of things. So what are some situations that we are prompted to respond to? So I just thought of a few things that we are prompted to to, uh, respond to. You know, one of the things is cultural trends. Like we're prompted to respond to those. We don't even realize sometimes that we are prompted to respond to it, but we are. Uh, Situations we don't understand Mm, in the church and outside of the church. You know, decisions that are made. You know, sometimes there's decisions made at work or, you know, in the church or, you know, even sometimes in our home that we just have a hard time wrapping our mind around or agreeing with. Uh, Controversial issues. But boy, don't those come up, you know, seems like every month some type of controversial issue comes up. Inequalities. 
We've had a lot of those this past year. You know, uh, generational issues come up. We have a lot of generations going on in our world, and we have lots of generations with even with uh, within our church, right? And then there's just issues. I mean, you can just fill in the blank. There's just tons of issues, you know. And if any of these topics get you emotionally charged, and I would dare say that one or two of those get us emotionally charged in some type of way because we're human. Yep. Um, but we have to begin to ask ourselves, as priests, we have to begin to ask ourselves, um, how can I best represent God as a part of his royal priesthood and represent him the best in how others view how God views me and sees me and how I'm responding and how others see me and how I respond. Because remember what the role of the priest was and is today. You know, here's some of the ways that God calls us to respond that are consistent with our calling to be holy and to be a royal priesthood. You know, and I love that the Bible gives us very clear direction I mean, it, it, the Bible is so specific. So one of the things is that the Bible calls us in how and when, you know, how to respond to things. Some of those things that I mentioned and others, just, you know, you just name it, is to be slow to speak. And I added a little thing in there because of, for me, slow to speak and, and me. <laughs> slow to speak <laughs> and quick to pray. Yeah. You know, in James 1, 19 through 20, it says, my dear brothers and sisters, Take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, be really quick in listening, but slow to speak and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Wow, that's super clear. You know, God is very direct. He's saying uh, four things here. Everyone should be quick to listen. That's very, that's very clear, you know, and then slow to speak, slow to become angry. And God is saying that that does not produce when, when we're quick to, uh, you know, when we're not, when we're quick to get angry, that does not produce the righteousness that God desires. So this is a really, I, I, I could probably speak to this scripture on and on. Because it is something that I've had to train myself to do. I've had to train this mouth of mine to be um, slow to speak. And I've had to train this heart and my ears to be quicker to listen and to listen a long time. That's a part of being slow to speak is to listen a long time and to listen uh, and to listen a lot. You know, and a part of what this is teaching us is to reserve emotional judgment until you know the absolute truth. That's a part of that slowing down is that we reserve emotional judgment. You know, we can't respond the way the world does about issues. You know, they hear, you know, the, the world hears about some kind of scandal or something going on in the uh, headlines. And, um, you know, they take it, believe it, cancel out the supposed offenders and then judge anyone who entertains any other parts of the story. And then they comment, tweet, post, retweet, and repost about it until it just, you know, basically dies down. But we, 
we as Christians must learn to respond differently to mm-hmm. things that we hear or things that may seem out- outrageous to us or bothersome to us. You know, we've got to do quite the opposite. We've got to go to our Bibles, read and pray, reread and repray. Yeah. You know, and God is wise because every time I've done this, every time I've done this, I'm telling you, he's given me the answers. He's brought me clarity. He's revealed missing pieces that I didn't realize that I didn't know or that I didn't see in the story or in whatever I'm, you know, maybe feel emotional about. He's put a reliable source uh, in my path that brought answers or clarity sometimes. But that has only happened when I've been quick to listen and slow to speak. You know, another one is letting nothing unwholesome come out of your mouth. Mm. You know, it talks about in Ephesians 4, in verse 29, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So this tells us that people are listening and watching. Again, that's that priesthood. God knows what kind of people we are, that we watch and listen to each other. And so he's saying here that we have to say the things that will benefit those who listen. You know, what are some examples of unwholesome talk? You know, things that don't promote peace. Oh, we we all know how much God loves peace. He talks about it a lot in the scriptures. But so we shouldn't say things or or these days post things that don't promote peace. That's unwholesome. You know, what are some other things? Things that are just my opinion. You know, um, I have opinion about a lot of things, but the Bible says in Proverbs 18, verse 2, It says, do not delight in airing your own opinions. Wow, that is really convicting to me when I studied that out because, you know, I I kind of, you know, changed the scriptures, that scripture. I I was telling Steve, you know, I used to disobey that scripture because I would say, think, do not let any wholesome talk come out of your mouth unless you have a problem with something. You know, Mm. don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth unless you have an opinion about something. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. You know what I mean? I I changed that scripture to mean something else. And it simply says, don't let unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up. And so we have to stay away from airing our opinions. And, you know, the way to help with that is, again, just being slow to speak. You know, things that shame, things that shame or demean others. Sometimes we can say things we don't even realize that it's doing that, but it can. So we have to stay away from that. And other things is this is really big because we're such a big social media climate, you know, culture is that things that egg on already heated situations right? Like that's not really helpful. It's unwholesome to add to or, or, you know, double down on something that's already a heated situation. That could be considered unwholesome talk because it doesn't benefit those who are already wrapped up and riled up about something. And so I'm telling you, this, this lesson is not just for 
those, you know, those, those of you that are listening, this lesson is for me too. Yeah. You know, I even right. do this uh, study that's called this mouth of mine because I this, call it the tongue tour. <laughs> yes. Because our mouths, you know, are, are like a little fire, the Bible says, but that's another lesson for another time. You know, I, I wanted to just say that as a priesthood, one being called to build a bridge from men for men to God, we must be slow to speak and quick to listen. And we must really learn how to say only the things that will build others up so that when people look at us, we are really truly showing them what it means to follow Christ. The third thing that we need to understand if we're going to be set apart and if we're going to be a priesthood that is able to represent God properly, uh, is that we got to get both sides of the story. Mm. You know, uh, Proverbs eighteen seventeen is a great verse. It says, the one who states his case first seems right. And that makes sense, right? Until the other person mm-hmm. comes and examines him. And you can kind of imagine kind of a courtroom experience where, you know, one lawyer is asking the questions and then another lawyer comes by and starts asking other questions and kind of cross-examines him. And he's trying to get the full story. He's trying to get the whole idea of mm-hmm. what's actually happening. And we have to ask ourselves, do I desire to get all sides of an issue? Or do I just want to hear the one side that I agree with? Because that's a natural thing for us to do. It's certainly natural for me. Once I form an opinion, I want to mm-hmm. you know, do everything I can to keep that opinion. But a mature person, a person who's trying to be set apart and represent God, a person who's trying to build a bridge between men and God is going to go, hold on a second. I need to get the full right. picture here. I need to get both sides of the story. Right. I can't believe everything I read. I can't believe everything I hear. I, I can't mm-hmm. take one side of the story at face value. I got to believe in in the goodness of both sides mm-hmm. and believe that you know that maybe the truth is somewhere in the middle. And so you know, if you've ever sat with a married couple. Uh, you know, you can talk to a married couple and they'll be like, oh, things are going great. And then the other spouse, you'll ask them, how, how, what's your perspective? And she'll start crying, right? And, and so you're like, okay, you know, we understand we got to get both sides of the story. Right. Right. And, and uh, you know, certainly, you know, that's true, not just in marriage, but really in life and all yes. the different things that we're facing. And so, um, you know, to be set apart and to help people uh, and help people to gain a relationship with God, we've we've got to make sure that we get both sides of the story. The fourth thing is choose wisdom from heaven. Mm. Choose wisdom from heaven. You know, James chapter 3 and verse 13, it talks about different types of wisdom, two particularly different types of wisdom. And it says, who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, Mm -hmm. by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom, Mm But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, Mm. demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. So that's one kind of wisdom, a kind of wisdom that's worldly. A kind of wisdom where bitter envy is allowed to exist, where envy is allowed to exist, where selfish ambition is allowed to exist, where where being earthly and unspiritual and, and, you know, this says demonic, which is such a strong word. Mm. And so you can imagine James here, James is the brother of Jesus. He's writing some tough stuff. 
You know, I'm sure that growing up with Jesus, there were some discussions that they had that were pretty challenging. But then he goes, but the wisdom that comes from heaven. And now it's kind of like, okay, now this is the good stuff, right? The wisdom that comes from heaven is, first of all, pure. Like a pure motive, a pure heart, a pure desire to to be in a right relationship. It's... It's a, a peace-loving relationship. Like you love peace. You're a peacemaker, not a peace breaker, right? Uh, considerate. You know, you're trying to be considerate. The, the ESV says reasonable. And, and, and you're able to be reasoned with. People can see you as a reasonable person. It doesn't always have to be your way. You're mm-hmm. able to consider all sides of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, submissive. You're submissive to God's will. You want God's will to yeah. be done in your life. He goes on, he says, full of mercy. Wow, full of mercy. That's, you know, that's the way to approach every relationship. That's the way to approach every situation. You know, you see a post and it, and it sounds really negative and you can just immediately judge someone or you can go, hold on a second, let me be, let me be merciful here. Let me try to understand it better mm-hmm. before I make a judgment. Mm-hmm. You know, good fruits, you know. Do the comments that you make or the posts that you make or the responses to things you see either on in social media or even just responses in a, in a discussion, you know, mm-hmm. does, it, does it promote mm-hmm. the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the gentleness, the meekness, the yeah. self-control, the fruits of the spirit? Yeah. You know, that is wisdom from heaven. That's good fruit. Impartial. You know, are you impartial again? Or do you just have to have it your way? Or you can you go... You know what? I'm not going to show favoritism. Mm. I'm going to hear both sides. I want to understand the situation, right? Um, sincere. Sincere yeah. is, is authentic. It's real. It's, it's you're the real deal. And, 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 and you're not, you know, trying to put on a show. I mean, the, uh, the, the word here, sincere, or the opposite of sincere is hypocrisy, which is like you're acting. You're putting on an act. And so... Mm. So we want to be the real deal. We yeah. want to be who God has called us to be. He's called us to be holy. He's called us to be set apart. He's called us to be a priesthood. And we know that, you know, in Matthew 21, 22, specifically when he's addressing the priests, he's calling them out because he's like, hey, look, you, you claim to be a priest, but you don't do what you say. And, and he's challenging them. And I believe he challenges us today. Like, are you going to do what you say? Yeah. Are you just going to have the role of a royal priesthood or are you actually going to be a royal priesthood? And so it's a higher calling. And so we got to be careful how we respond to what we hear, what we read. And really, you have to ask yourself when you read something and maybe you're about to respond or when you're about to respond in a, in a conversation, you have to ask yourself, and what I'm about to say, can I run it through the funnel of James 3.17? Can I run it through the funnel? Is, is this wisdom from heaven? Yeah, Am good. I having a pure motive? That's good. Am I being peace-loving? Am I being full of mercy? Am I being submissive to God's will? Am I being considerate or reasonable? You know, mm-hmm. am I being, am I displaying the good fruits? Yeah. Am I being impartial? Am I being sincere? Mm-hmm. You know, we have to ask ourselves these questions in each time we're about ready to respond to something because this is a higher calling. Yes. There's a, a, a larger, you know, calling at play mm-hmm. by God. 
Yes. And the heart behind why we do what we're talking about doing is because we're a royal priesthood. Yes. And we're supposed to be calling and, and helping people build a bridge so that they can have a relationship with God. Come on. We're supposed to be set apart so that people can see there's something different about us. Yes. That we are not in the darkness, but we're in the light. And this is God's mission for our life. This is God's calling for us. And so as we strive to respond with the renewed holiness in 2021, mm-hmm. you know, and as we strive to help build bridges from men to God, we've got to be slow to speak yeah. and quick to pray. We've got to watch what we say. We've got to get both sides of the story and we got to choose wisdom from heaven. Mm-hmm. You know, as we prepare to take communion, you know, we got to remember, because remember, this is a time we're supposed to do this in remembrance of Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the way of the cross is a set apart path of holiness. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. You know, it's also the cross displays conduct that builds a bridge from men to God. That is what Jesus was doing. Mm. Jesus models how to respond to a situation Mm. when it's unfair, it's personally hurtful, and it's just clearly wrong. And we see his response in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 23. And I want us to think about this as we take our communion together today. When they hurled, in, they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. You know, as we think about how we are going to respond to things that we maybe don't understand or things that may be hurtful or things that seem unfair or things that don't seem right or things that are a different opinion than yours, you know, are you going to follow the example of Jesus? Yes. Are you going to be living in line with what it means to be holy, what it means to be a royal priesthood? And so I really want to encourage us as we take this communion together to remember who we are and what God has called us to and to have the same attitude that Peter talks about and to entrust ourselves to the one who judges justly as we take our communion together. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you, God. You are amazing. Uh, We're so inspired by your word, how Mm -hmm. it provides such clear instruction. And God, we know that uh, we want to please you. We know that we want to represent you as a royal priesthood. We know that we want to be set apart uh, for you so that your name can be lifted high. We know that you have this incredible vision of this relationship with us Mm -hmm. and that you view us as your special possession so god help us help us father to imitate your son jesus Mm -hmm. uh, that he did not retaliate that when he suffered he made no threats that instead Mm -hmm. he entrusted himself to you who would judge justly and help us to do the same we love you we ask all this in jesus name amen amen